This is the talk of Music City Real Estate. Welcome back to another episode of the talk of Music City Real Estate. Where we educate and motivate all things real estate. My name is Monty Moore with Realty One Group Music City. And I'm Chrissy Almondson here for Carrie Ann Sear with CMG Financial and my mortgage team. Every week we'll bring a We'll be posting an episode chock full of Nashville real estate value. You can follow along and subscribe at talkmusiccity.com. Got a question for us? Ask away at questions at talkmusiccity.com. That's questions at talkmusiccity.com. Chrissy, I am so grateful for you. Have I told you that lately? You have. Thank you. Like, I am so <laughs> grateful for you. Have I told you that lately? Not nearly enough. <laughs> Blake and I just worked with some clients, uh, longtime clients. God bless them. I, I love them. And I'm so grateful that I was inspired to help bring their thought process back to why are we doing this? Because sometimes you have to remind your clients what what is it that they loved about, the, you know, what caused them to, what was their why in this whole situation? Right. Okay, let's I'll come back to why. What is the, what is it empowers you in this whole situation? Sometimes, our clients will get, you know, things will get cluttered and things will get frustrated because not everybody has a, the same goal between the buyer and the seller. And sometimes we have to bring them back to their first love. Yeah. yeah that, so, that fired me up, by the way, in a good way. Just, yeah. just by bringing them back to their why, it brought me yeah. back to my why. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, we're problem solvers and, and uh, we're, we're here to, to help relieve the issues before the client even knows about the issues, hopefully in an in, in ideal world, you know, sometimes, but Anyway, so guys, we're talking about one of the most important things you can do if you're working with buyers. If you're not working with buyers, then go ahead and hang up <laughs> now, okay? No, I'm just kidding. Because even, I, you know, I keep inserting seller side of things as well since I got your attention. Uh, there's some really important nuggets here, you, please. So real quickly, this is um, Inman's article on how to show buyers you're worth every commission dollar. In the meantime, you're showing every seller that as well because someday these buyers are going to be sellers, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, and it reminds me when I got my license back in, um, in when we were carving on the walls. <laughs> no, it wasn't quite that long ago, but it was back in nineteen eighty three or eighty four, something like that. Uh, it was forty years ago. So um, I'll never forget my my broker. He said, "Monty, just work with buyers. Don't work with with sellers. Work with buyers. It's a shorter relationship. It's more fun." You know, and and so that was my mindset. I didn't know about this whole list to last thing and all that kind of thing. I just worked with buyers. And it wasn't until afterwards I realized that, well, if you do a good job with a buyer, guess what? They're going to want to sell someday. And mm-hmm. and so I eventually, uh, so, and I saw the value in that because there's no way you can leverage yourself if you're only working with buyers. It's a great place to start. And I still love working with buyers. I, I actually do. But so today we're talking about the 18, 18 things you can be aware of because guys, remember, people believe the messenger before the message ever matters and you got to believe it yourself. That's where your belief right. starts is your own heart, okay? If you don't believe you're worth all that, guess who's going to buckle right out of the box? It, you are. You're going to say, yeah, you know, I'll do it all. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll cut it in half or whatever. And again, um, we all know that sometimes we have to do those things, but let's try not to anymore. And we have to, because once you hear this whole list of 18, you're going to say, well, dang, <laughs> I'm underpaid. I'm sure as heck not overpaid. So real yeah. quickly, I'm just going to go through the, the, the uh, topics here. We talked about education. We talked about advice, um, insight, ongoing consultation. We talked about accessibility and availability. That's a huge Ooh. one. Uh, research and tracking down information. 
what about this? What about that? <laughs> you know, we know those people. Uh, strategy number five, offer preparation. Number six, seven is offer negotiation. Uh, finalizing the offer. Number nine, managing the transaction. Number 10, inspection and repairs. Number 11 is the topic of repairs and how that this topic is usually the, you know, if there's going to be a deal killer, that oftentimes is if we fail to manage the expectations on both sides, please, that's so important. Number 12, appraisals. That brings us up to lucky number 13, managing title and escrow. Who's going to take that? I think I'll take it away. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yeah, number, number 13, uh, managing title and escrow. You know, these vendors are typically selected and paid for by the seller. Again, uh, at least here in Tennessee, everything is negotiable. Um, but <clears throat> with such a variety of companies out there, the consumer and the agent experience could vary considerably. Considering these companies are pulling everything together for closing, it is critically important for a buyer's agent to ensure they're communicating with the buyer to get what they need, but also to make sure that the buyer is aware of who they will be, excuse me, who will be reaching out to them and explaining the information they'll be asking for. Now, um, it doesn't talk about this, but we are, well, actually it does talk about it just a little bit in the next, um, next segment or next part of number 13, but wire fraud is, and just fraud in general is a huge, um, uh, epidemic. I mean, it's just one of those things that's plaguing, you know, our, they should have another level of hell. I think, Uh, you know, I agree. I I mean, I'm going to talk to our heavenly father about that. (laughs) Lord, there should be another level of hell for people who rip people off. Yeah, if you want to get money on a soapbox, ask about (laughs) fraud and how it's plaguing our industry. Mm -hmm. Um, But buyers might question why certain information is being requested, such as social security number, copy of trust documents, photo IDs. And here I want to underscore, in today's fraud-ridden environment, with suspicious emails appearing to trap unsuspecting buyers, sellers, and agents into clicking a link or opening up a detachment uh, purporting to be a settlement statement, the buyer's agent needs to help vet and verify who the providers will be in the transaction. Oh, my gosh. Well, and there's there's more. There's gotten to be such a big deal. Such a big deal. I know. You know, the... The, the biggest thing here, um, before we kind of move on to what else is involved in the whole managing title and escrow phase of working with a buyer, is, man, uh, the the horror stories we have heard um, just for, for, from agents in our organization alone whose clients suffered from uh, wire fraud and lost tens of thousands yes. of dollars because these criminals is what they are let's call it like it is um are pretending to be us mm-hmm. another right reason why i have made it an effort to never mention anything about wire for uh, excuse me where to wire funds i leave all of that to the title company i know our title company midtown title another plug for them <laughs> um is in is getting better and better and better about communicating that kind of stuff especially during the escrow uh, escrow um uh portion of the transaction um but you know one of the uh, i made the um, decision early on to never ever even mentioning it i put it in text messages i'm never going to tell you this don't trust anything from my business partner don't trust anything from my assistant don't trust anything from anybody in my organization the only person you need to be reaching out to is this person um really really important I wanted to let, me, let, me, let me let me condense the rest of this blake in this simple um situation here a long, a long time ago, I learned uh, the importance of the final thing that happens in that transaction, as we all know, is that is that closing attorney, that closing company. 
please do yourself a favor and make sure it is somebody at a super, super high level. Um, that's the last thing they remember. It, they forget about what you might have given up or all the things that you did and all the times you were available and all these things because the last thing they experience many times is the last thing they remember. And that, that's why I'll never recommend a closing attorney until I have used that closing attorney multiple times like I did with Midtown Title. Now, guys, I don't have a dog in the fight. You use whoever you need. You, you be you. But I'm telling you, it pays huge dividends in credibility and positive memories and hassle and effectiveness and all this stuff if you use a really, really, not the one who brings you donuts, okay? That's <laughs> not the qualifier. It's the one that can help you um, help lift you up and make sure that you look great uh, in front of your clients. And if they I bring that's donuts, a, that's a bonus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who's doing number 14? I think that's you, Mr. Moore. Is that me? Mm-hmm. Okay, super. Managing the walkthrough. Okay, guys. Um, remember, a house looks different, empty, than it does without uh, furniture, okay? That's where all the things uh, are noticeable and so anyway, managing expect, uh, the walkthrough, I'll, I'll uh, share that real quickly. Uh, any experienced agent in real estate knows walkthroughs are ripe for a plethora of new issues to arise. Well, I didn't see that stain on the carpet. Well, I didn't see that scratch on the wall. Did you see that hardwood where that chair was? You know, I mean, <laughs> these are the realities, guys. When they're not buying a new house, you got to set the expectation. Look, uh, this is the home's not going to look quite the same. You know, it's got to be broom swept. Understand that. But it's not a brand new home unless you're buying a brand new home. Um, so, and, and this is what we're just, we just got off the phone from our clients about is, is the shuffle, is the dance, you know. They're closed. They have to have the money from one of them to close on the other one. And these buyers want them out sooner than what they want to be. And anyhow, you've heard the, the situation, but that's part of what you're managing. It's really important to, to be proactive rather than reactive. Okay. Now, uh, here's, the, here's the details. Whether it is the seller who is still moving out, has left the property in a mess, put garbage and unwanted items in the garage, cut the power off, uh, which caused the ice cubes. Oh, man, I've, seen, I've had that happen where stuff rotted in the refrigerator because anyway. Yeah, this is very specific. Uh, ice cubes. This yeah, to yeah. <laughs> Let the lawn and landscaping go before closing. How many times have we seen that? Stopped pool service. Oh, boy, that's a, <laughs> that sucks. Especially when frogs are rolling around out there. <laughs> Caused a host of move-out ish, uh, d- damage issues, including carpet stains, scratched and chipped floors, drywall. Um, miracles often must be worked at the 11th hour. Blake, can you relate to that? Oh, yeah. I'm a <laughs> miracle worker. As the agent is frantically sending photos of the evidence to the listing agent and trying to run down estimates to clean, fix, or repair the damage. Some issues cannot be easily fixed, such as a floor being scratched, chipped, or and so forth. You get the picture, guys. Again, what we're trying to do is help you build up the arsenal of your personal conviction of your value. Okay, it's of your value. But if if you cannot articulate, do first of all from your heart that you don't truly understand or you haven't thought about. You know what what happens, and each one is different. Uh, but if you're not able to articulate it properly, then somebody may challenge you about your value, okay? Some listing agents simply shrug their shoulders and say, hey, too bad, so sad. The buyer's irate and does not want to close with the property in that condition, despite whatever disclaimers may be in the purchase agreement. You know, the other day I got a phone call from one of our top agents because she called and said, the tenant won't move out. What do I do? You know, the people closed on the house, 
the tenant was supposed to be out the day before, and they got there, and the tenant's still there. And I said, at that point, only thing I know to do is, unfortunately, get the cops involved if you can't bribe him or something to get him out of that house. <laughs> it was funny. The next day, she told me that um, the guy, she had her, her face on the sign, and when she got back, he had scratched her eyes out of the sign you know i mean just just being mean anyway with everyone's back to the wall and the pressure on the buyer's agent has to figure out a way to make it right sometimes that means them coming out of pocket to to deploy a cleaning crew we've got one going in the house tomorrow (laughs) or other repair people to just make things right because the listing agent and seller have checked out oh that's so frustrating but you got to do the next right thing. Remember, this is future business or not. You know, most sellers or buyers, uh, consumers say they would use their agent again, but many times that doesn't happen for other reasons, but I won't mention it right now. But the point is, make sure they have run out of reasons not to use you because they know that you did the right thing. Chrissy, managing the closing. I know you're good at mm-hmm. that. Well, like we talked about, this is a, kind of the final thing. So if everything else goes perfectly, but the closing goes terribly, that's what they're going to remember, right? That's so right. on closing day, the buyer's agent needs to ensure that all keys and access cards or fobs to the neighborhood amenities, garage remotes, security and garage codes, as well as any other specific information about things in the property are provided to the buyer and that the listing agent has removed the lockbox and signage accordingly. Think of it as like the cherry on top, right? You don't want to close on your house and then not have keys to get into your house. (laughs) So this little detail is an important one. It says, sometimes things go missing at the 11th hour and the buyer's agent must spring into action to hold the listing agent accountable to get what is needed or figure out a solution to address them if they're missing. Buyers cannot rely on listing agents to ensure that all will be left in good order. So you have your buyer's best interests at heart and you are managing everything all the way up until closing. You are not just hoping things go well, but you're making sure that they do. Depending on how the walkthrough went and if any issues were uncovered, the buyer's agent needs to make sure that all has been addressed before the buyer signs documents. And if not, last minute plans may need to be hatched for this. So we're coordinating all the way up to the end. <laughs> and even even after the end too, which is our next segment. But yep. I don't know why I feel so impressed to say this, you know, in this section, but like make it a habit to be at the closing period. There's some, there's some times and there's scheduling that doesn't allow us to be at the closing, but if you make it a habit to be at the closing, you know, it's, it's one of the most, um, I guess, intimate parts of the transaction aside from showing the property when your, your, your buyers are like, Oh my gosh, this is the one, you know, Monty and I are just talking about the clients. Um, they found the one, this was their forever home. It checked every single box and the look on their face and all of that stuff. That was a really intimate moment. The second most intimate moment is when they're sitting around the closing table, just like this, and they're signing those documents. There's going to be questions. There's going to be comments. There's going to be all of those things. And if you can't be there to just at least represent and say, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to find out. Um, and you're just kind of leaving it to the closing attorney. Granted, I know that scheduling happens. Maybe sometimes it's just not feasible to be there. There's a lot of moving parts. But if you're not at the closing, I've, I, I, I have heard of stories of agents who are in the area, who live here, who were <laughs> here at the closing and decided not to show up. Like, I wanted to shake the agents. So like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, why? Yeah. 
Well, it's celebratory. I mean, why would you work that minutes. hard all the yeah. way up to the end and then not be there? I mean, you're showing an emotional support for them the same way you've shown professional right. support. That's, I think that's huge. And I think they really appreciate that. Oh, I think, Look, they, I think they totally do. Let me add another little, a little tidbit here, just again, to make sure that uh, you're getting some benefit of the old guy here. <laughs> I, I see so many times and I've seen it and I hate to even admit it. I've seen some of our agent, own agents do it. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not sitting around with a hammer saying, Hey, you got to do something, but be familiar with that closing statement. Okay. Yes. You got a good, you know, good person. You've chosen a great title company and you know, you know, closing attorney. Um, and it's and it, by the way, it is good to use a company who's actually using attorneys, no offense to closing agents, but an attorney is really great. There's some greater credibility there. And it doesn't cost you anymore if you go with Midtown, you know, <laughs> as an example. But um, do yourself a favor and make sure you have not only looked on the on the commission line for your closing statement, but that you're familiar with the overall numbers. Okay, um, and but also have a have your own copy. I, I'm still amazed sometimes of the number of closings I've sat I've sat in or, or observed and the agent is sitting there next to their buyer or their seller and they don't even have a closing statement in front of them. The seller does and the broker, the uh, attorney does. But then when an issue comes up, they're, they're clueless. They don't have, they don't have the facts in front of them. And my point of that is part of your job is to be controlling the variables as much as you can. And when you're not familiar with it, cause you don't even have the damn thing in your, in front of you, it does affect your credibility. It does. And totally. so that's why, you know, I had to, you know, every, every, uh, over the years, every, uh, closing attorney I've worked with, I, I you know, they, cause they, they're just taking ownership of the situation. I get that, but I'm a proactive rather than a reactive real estate broker. And I want my own copy of this. Okay. I want to know what the facts are, not just that I'm getting paid and not just what the bottom line is, but I want to be able to help answer and at least be aware if there is a question about the payoff or that, that which is pretty typical that we we are prepared to uh, to share that again it's an opportunity not to take right. the spotlight because you're there, not there to try to prove your value at that point you're there to make sure things go smoothly and your your awareness of each item is is can be very helpful oh totally <clears throat> our next uh, our next segment is uh number 16 which is called post closing issues just because you close doesn't mean it's all over. Now, granted, sometimes it is. Sometimes, Hopefully you know, is. no issues. Um, that doesn't happen all the time. So preparing yourself that there might potentially be post-closing issues is imperative. Stress doesn't often end at closing. Like, what did I just say? Yeah. Buyers move into their new home only to discover that something may not be working properly. Thankfully, And it'll be a dishwasher. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh. It's like dishwashers know... When people move out of a house, it's, I don't know what it is <laughs> about like a dishwasher. And Christy, on, by the, before I forget, let's make sure that all of our, I mean, all of our agents are going to get a, a, get this presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. But it's, it, well, I think we should make this required uh, listening uh, to all the newer agents. Yeah. Oh, it's going to, it's going to put them a year ahead of their time. Totally. Just having this information. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that's a great idea. Uh, thankfully, an inspection report documents what was and was not working at the time uh, time of inspection. However, a slew of issues may seem to come up that may uh, just be a bad stroke. Uh, bad stroke. Excuse me, a stroke of bad luck. Uh, the first person the buyer often calls is their agent, as their nine one one, who they look to for help and advice. 
I, I don't I've lost count how many times this has happened to me. I and please embrace this guys, okay? This, this is, is the this chance is for you to to shine. Yep. Don't look at it like what the hell are you calling me for? Don't right, look at right, it like that. Yeah. That's what a lot of folks do. It might, hey, it might feel like that. Well, yeah, it might feel <laughs> like that, but don't act like don't that. Don't act do like that. Do not resonate that. Uh, you know, their agent their agent often knows just who to call to help the buyer uh, through the, whatever challenges that are happening, which is also why having a home warranty in place is a great risk mitigation tool when that dishwasher goes out, uh, when that refrigerator goes out. Um, just, you know, that was working just fine during the inspection. Um, like Monty just said, these things just have a funny way of knowing when there's a transition. Um, and so, you know what, I'm just going to stop working now. Uh, as the buyer gets settled in, uh, their mind will turn to all sorts of home improvement projects and they will lean on their agent for trusted vendors and service providers to assist them with making their home their own. In some cases, the lawn they thought they were going to be able to tackle themselves becomes too time consuming. I've been there. They once, uh, once again, will lean on their agent to provide a trusted lawn provider. Do yourself a favor, have a list of vendors, please. If you're new to the business, do yourself a favor and ask your broker if you don't have vendors in certain uh, categories. Okay. Uh, we try to empower agents with that that trusted vendor list that we all share with one another. Uh, remember, your goal is to be the top of mind. Your goal is to be the resource. Your goal is when they have a, 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 let's say they have a carpet need or an electrician or a plumber or a painter or whoever, okay, be that go-to person because here's what happens. If you're continually, if they're continually coming to you because they say, hey, Christy, I know that you all, you've always been able to answer us and direct us to great people. I'm calling you because of this situation. I need a good insurance person. We're going to change or whatever the situation is. Eventually, this thing called the law of reciprocity kicks in, okay? What I mean by that is if you've been there and you're there for them and you're there for them and you're there for them and in their hearts, they know they need to give back because you've been giving. They're walking out to the, he's walking out to the uh, street, pushing his garbage can, runs into the neighbor and the neighbor says, yeah, we're getting ready to move. Guess who they're going to refer? Blake Johnson. The the person, (laughs) the person who they feel that law of reciprocity needs to go to because you've been giving to them. Yeah, it wasn't real estate related. Yeah, it might have been an inconvenience to make a couple of phone calls, but do all you can do to be top of mind, to be that go-to person, okay? Well, Monty, like you said, most people said that they would use their agent again, but the most common reason they don't is simply because they forgot about them. Right. So this helps you not to be forgotten. That's right. So I love that. Um, And that kind of brings us into our next piece of value we have here as agents. A buyer's agent must continually follow up from the very early stages of incubating to converting the prospect to a buyer client all the way through property search, offer prep, negotiation, the entire transaction, and after closing. Our job in representing the client is to make sure that everyone else does their job. So back to being the ringleader of the circus, right? It's an all-consuming task that never really ends, and following up is the continuous lifeblood of a real estate agent's job. A buyer would be astounded if they received an itemized bill for the agent's <laughs> time expended on all of the follow-up involved in a real estate transaction. And that, that, it, this, oh. this is talked about three different times. Yeah. You know, yeah. Clients are ast- will be astounded if we calculate the amount of hours that we put into this, uh, which is why it is so important for us to, even though we're putting in the hours, them to be quality hours, um, I just, I, I think that's so important. I'm glad that that reiterated. A 
buyer would be astounded. Yeah. And I mean, think about that from the beginning, we're following up with the agent who we put the offer into. We're following up for the showing even before that we're following up with the home inspector for the report and the appraiser for the appraisal. I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on. And that time spent even just making those calls. Um, I don't think that they realize how much ringleading of the circus acts we do. (laughs) (laughs) So um, there's something uh, really important. Uh, It's on my heart. I want to make sure I share. So Blake, if you want to take number 18, um, yeah. So what I want to share here, guys, is, look, uh, from the old guy's perspective, um, to me, we're fighting for our future. Okay, what I mean by that is if we continue to allow the consumer to feel like they overpaid for not a good experience, a bad experience, they're going to find ways around us. I said those words probably somewhere around 30 years ago. It was before the Internet, anyhow. Um, I said that outside of a training one time because I've started hearing things and reading things that, and I started, I, I started seeing speakers say that, you know, the trust of a realtor is no higher on the food chain than, you know, a used car salesman. No offense, Jim. I know you were in the car dis- industry at one time. <laughs> I sold Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, or the prostitute down on whatever road. Okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I did not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No, but I'm I'm being serious right now. Okay, guys, I'm being as serious as I can possibly be. I feel like we're fighting for our future. And what I'm referring to there is that if we do not insist that the consumer have as good a possible, a goodest experience as possible that we had control over because of our expertise or lack thereof, they're going to find a way around us. And that's what I said some 30 plus years ago is that if the consumer is allowed to feel like they overpaid for a bad experience, they're going to find a way around us. That is why we're fighting with tech companies for relevancy. That is why there's thoughts of AI replacing us. They're not going to replace me. I can tell you that for, for darn sure. Uh, but it's going to, because it's, I've made that decision. Okay. I've made that decision. The people that I get to work with are not going to use anybody else because they know without question that we give our hearts to, to every uh, successful experience for them. So I think that's pr- maybe summarizes the last part and that's relationships actually, you know, yeah, is you got to have that level of relationship that they never, this is my goal. Every time I work with somebody and Blake and I just got off the phone some, for some, with a client and um, it, it brought tears to my eyes to be that real and that raw with them. But, but by doing that, because of his trust in us, I, we saw his whole attitude, his whole countenance change just like that because he knew somebody had his back. Yep. You know, so my, my heart's desire is that uh, if you're in this business and you're serious about it, money is secondary, service and honor and, and that experience for the consumer who has trusted you with the most important, one of the most important things in their life, and that's their, their housing their home, where they create memories, where they create legacies. Um, don't take that lightly, okay? It's not, a, it's not a paycheck. That's the result of honor and service. That money will follow. Have the attitude that, it's, that it is selfless, that it is, you're here, they're here to help you know, in that process that's so critically important to them, okay? And if you'll do that, I know that you'll be blessed like I have been over the last 40 years. Real estate has been such a tremendous experience for this guy who has a high school education. I've earned millions of dollars in the process. I don't know that I've ever sold a home, though I've helped over 3,000 families personally make a buying or selling decision. I don't know that I've ever sold one. 
because people not, are not crazy about being sold, but they love to buy. And so anyhow, keep that in mind. The point, the point is, I'm rambling right now, but the point is, mm-hmm. put that service ahead of mm. making the, the money, and the money will, will come like you've never seen before, okay? Because we're blessed in this occupation. Guys, is there anything else you want to share real I quick? Just, I just love what you just said, a result of honor and service. You know, it's not a paycheck. That's just a result of honor and service. And again, the whole distinguish, you know, apples to oranges here, the difference between an agent and a real estate professional is the one who knows that and who walks with that and who's confident in that and who can, um, yeah, I just, I, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to continue to write that down. I'm going to reuse that mm-hmm. because I think that's such an incredible, um, that's the difference maker right there. Yeah. I would just say that this value isn't something that you can tell people. It's something you have to live by. It's something you have to Mm -hmm. show people. Mm -hmm. Um, They will know based on your actions. So Mm -hmm. live it, show it. Yeah. Know these things. I I said, you, can you, can you repeat them? Can you say them? Can you you Mm -hmm. recite them and so forth? But really I think it comes with more importantly is to believe these things. Okay. And be aware of these things so that you have the conviction and you have the understanding, the responsibility and as you do that, you'll start building the authority. And as you build the authority, you'll start developing the trust within those people who interact with you because they'll recognize that you are different than a lot of the folks out there that are saying that they're real estate agents, that you're a real estate professional. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is going to make all the difference in the world. Folks, thanks, thanks for uh, uh, tuning in to the talk of uh, Music City Real Estate. Uh, we're grateful for that. We look forward to seeing you next time. Be sure and dial in again. Again, that's the talk of Music City Real Estate. But see you then. Thanks so much.